Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of Dr. Music. I'm Matthew Morullo. Thank you so much for joining me again. This episode is kind of a companion to Season 2, Episode 5, when I was talking about Schubert's song cycle, Winterreise, in particular the song Auf dem Flusse. Well, if there's any composer who is just as famous for song cycles for German leader or German songs, it would have to be Robert Schumann, who lived from 1810 to 1856. Robert Schumann was one of those famous composers who married a musician. And the person he married was his piano student named Clara Wieck, and then she became Clara Schumann, although Clara's father was 100% against the marriage. He did not want his daughter marrying a measly composer. So there were a lot of legal battles, but he wound up marrying Clara. And they fell in love when Clara was pretty young. We don't know exactly when it happened, but she was taking piano lessons as a young girl. But they finally got married in 1840 when she was 21. Robert Schumann's biography is very interesting, and it's also sad because... He died, actually, in an insane asylum. It might have been brought on by contracting syphilis, although we're not 100% sure of that. But for a while, Clara was not even allowed to see him. It was so bad. She did visit him two days before he passed away, and we're not even sure if he recognized her. But then he passed away. It was, it was very sad. Uh, Clara, by the way, was a very good friend of another very famous German composer, Johannes Brahms. But today we're not going to be talking about Robert Schumann's sad life. Instead, we're going to be talking about Robert Schumann's sad song cycle. And I say sad because, like I said in episode 5, German leader tend to be melancholy and sentimental. And usually the theme is about unrequited love. A man who's just kind of reminiscing about his lost love. And this particular song cycle by Schumann Dichterliebe, which means a poet's love, is definitely his most famous song cycle. The melodies are so memorable and so beautiful, and even though the theme is bittersweet, it's very enjoyable listening. They're really hit songs, especially for his day. In this particular song cycle, there are 16 songs, and it's based on poems by Heinrich Heine. The set of poems are called the Lyrisches Intermezzo, and they were written in about 1822 to 1823. And Schumann's song cycle, Dichter Lieber, came out in 1840. If I read you some of the text of these songs, it gives you a really good idea of the mood and flavor that Robert Schumann was attracted to. This was the kind of theme that he really enjoyed writing music to. For example, the first song is the, actually the one that we're going to look at for this episode. It's called Im Wunderschönen Monat Mai, which means in the wonderful month of May. And the text is, in the wonderful month of May, when the buds sprang, love sprang up in my heart. In beautiful May, when the birds all sang, I told you my desire and longing. Well, it starts innocent enough. But then later on, in the seventh song, Ich grole nicht, the text is, I do not chide you, though my heart breaks, love ever lost to me, though you shine in a field of diamonds, no ray falls into your heart's darkness. I have long known it. I saw the night in your heart. I saw the serpent that devours it. I saw, my love, how empty you are. I like the title of this song, I Do Not Chide You. It sounds like he's chiding her. And then 
In the twelfth song, the text is, On a sunny summer morning, I went out into the garden. The flowers were talking and whispering, but I was silent. They looked at me with pity and said, Don't be cruel to our sister, you sad, death-pale man. Mm. So obviously we have a young man here who's very bitter over having lost his love, but he's reminiscing and remembering all the good times at the same time. Now, just like when we were talking about Schubert and his song cycle, Winterreise, the enduring legacy of these song cycles by these famous composers is how the composer is able to evoke the poetry through the music, and not just the sound of the music, but the particular melodies and the particular harmonies and how they relate to each other. So it's an intertwining of both arts, of poetry and how the meaning of the text of the poetry is interwoven with all the elements of music, all the facets of music like melody, harmony, and rhythm, and form, and phrasing. And that's why these are called art songs, because it's not a simple case of a pretty melody going to a pretty love song, or an energetic melody going to energetic text. It's much deeper than that. So just like in the last episode, I think the best course of action is to listen to the entire song. So this is the first song in Schumann's Dichterliebe. And just like in Schubert's song cycles, many of these songs are very brief. They are not long. Some of them could be two minutes, at the most maybe four minutes. This is Fritz Wunderlich, the tenor, singing in the wonderful month of May. This is a Deutsch gramophone recording. The first thing that you should know about this song is the key, because it turns out to be very important. The key signature of the song is three sharps. Now, three sharps can either be A major, the key of A major, or its relative, F sharp minor. And if you've listened to my prior episodes, you know that the definition of relative keys simply means the same key signature. So, for instance, C major and A minor have no sharps and no flats. This particular key has three sharps. Now, let's just listen to the introductory piano passage. I want to talk about that first. Mm-hmm. 
Now, everything about the opening of that piece indicates the key of F-sharp minor. As a matter of fact, we get two five chords in the key of F-sharp minor, well, to be exact, 5-7. When I say 5-7, I simply mean a dominant with an added note called the seventh. And the seventh of any triad adds more tension. Whenever you have a seventh added to a chord, it increases the tension. Now, we don't have an F-sharp minor triad. In other words, we don't have the one chord or the tonic. But the harmonies that we heard definitely indicate the key of F-sharp minor. And just a reminder, the two pillars of tonal music are the tonic, which is the one chord, and the dominant, which is the five chord. And so far, we've had one of the pillars, the five chord. Following this, the voice comes in, and I just want to play the part where he sings in the beautiful month of May when the buds sprang. Do you hear how the melody did this? So it really repeats the melody at the end of each parts of the text, in the beautiful month of May, and then when the buds sprang. And each time it lands solidly in the key of A major. In other words, we have a one chord in A major. And remember, I said that A major is the relative of F sharp minor. So in the beginning of the piece, it really indicates F sharp minor, but now when the voice comes in and begins singing, it's indicating A major. Now the next part of the text is basically, somewhere deep in my heart, love is springing or love is arising. Now remember, that was a repeated melody, although the second time it was higher. What is that called when you have a repeated melody, but it's transposed either higher or lower? Yeah, you've been listening to my podcast. It's called a sequence. So this is a sequence, but here's the thing. The last chord at the very end of that excerpt happens to be a D major chord. And D major is a chord that's common to both A major and F sharp minor. Remember that I said that A major and F sharp minor both are relatives. They share three sharps. So here we are in a, in a piece that has three sharps, and the last chord of that segment that I just played is common. It's a common chord to both A major and F sharp minor. Well, that's kind of interesting. Let's see what happens after that. Did you recognize that music? That's exactly the music from the very beginning, the piano introduction, that seemed to be indicating F-sharp minor. So in other words, this piano interlude in the middle of the piece was also the beginning of the piece, which makes the function of that piano interlude ambiguous. It's not really the beginning of the piece because it happens in the middle of the piece. So it's almost as if the beginning of the piece begins in the middle. And the reason why I say it's ambiguous is, remember I said that that piano 
interlude does not have the one chord, in other words, the tonic of F-sharp minor. We have the dominant, but not the tonic. So that music of the piano is kind of floating in this unresolved state. If this piece was being performed, we could have walked into the room and not know whether it was the beginning of the piece or the middle of the piece. It's not like Schumann established a key very strongly in the beginning of the piece. When the voice comes in, we do feel like we're in A major, which is the relative of F-sharp minor. Now, in the second half of the piece, when the voice comes in, the melody is identical, and the text is a little bit different. It goes, In the beautiful month of May, as all the birds were singing, then I confessed to her my yearning and longing. Now, let's listen to that part. Okay, so the music, again, was identical to the beginning of the piece, text slightly different, and again, the very last chord at the end of that excerpt was a D major triad, and D major is a chord that's common to both A major and its relative, F-sharp minor. And then the piece ends like this. talk about ambiguity, that's a pretty ambiguous ending. That ended on a dominant chord. Now, I should say that this is the first song in the cycle, so you're supposed to go on to the second song, but still, this is the end of the first song, and we're ending on a chord that's rife with tension and is unresolved because it's a dominant. And it's the dominant of what key? F-sharp minor. So let's sum this up. Whenever the piano is playing, we have what indicates F-sharp minor, the key of F-sharp minor. Even though we never get a one chord in F-sharp minor, even though we never get an F-sharp minor chord, a one chord, to make it sound more solid, that's definitely what the music is indicating. So it begins and ends like that. And it ends with a lot of tension because it ends on the dominant of F-sharp minor. And yet... Whenever the singer comes in, he's reminiscing. He's singing about in the beautiful month of May. That's when he met his love and he confessed his longing to her. So he's reminiscing about a very happy time. But here's the thing. That time is gone. This guy is alone. You know, he's reminiscing. He's longing for that love, but that love is lost. What is the key of this piece? Is the key F sharp minor? I mean, it begins and ends in F-sharp minor, but we never get a solid F-sharp minor chord. Or is it an A major? Because whenever he's singing, it definitely feels like A major, and we also have a one chord in A major. What's the answer? Does this piece have a key? Well, yeah, it has a key. But the thing is, Schumann doesn't want us to really know what the key is, because it's both. It's F-sharp minor and it's A major. It's not one of them. And that's very, very clever, because usually a key is in one piece. 
And this does have a key signature, it's three sharps, but the thing is, Schumann doesn't want us to feel like we're in one particular key. Why not? Because what is this poem about? It's not about closure, it's about being unresolved. F-sharp minor is actually reality. It's the reality of his unresolved longing. He used to be in love, he's still in love, and he's longing for his lost love. That's reality, that's F-sharp minor. It's unresolved. When he thinks about the month of May, it's happiness. It's happy A major. But it really isn't A major, because the month of May is gone. It's a memory, it's a strong memory, it's a happy memory, but it's gone, because it is a memory. So what we have here is we have two things going on. We have an unresolved reality. The reality is that he lost his love, and he's reminiscing about his lost love. And we also have this very real memory, but it's just that. It's a memory. So it's not real in a sense. And A major is living in his heart. It's strong, because remember, we get that one chord in A major. So it's a strong memory, but it's only a memory. And the piece does not have closure. F-sharp minor represents reality, but it also represents tension. And that's why we get only the five chord when we hear reality, when we hear F-sharp minor, because there is no closure. And because there's no closure, we never get a one chord. We only get a one chord in the memory of the month of May, in the memory of A major. That is astounding poetry for a very short piece of music. And Schumann does it 100% with harmony. So if there's an astounding wealth of poetry in a short piece like this, you can imagine what it's like to listen to the entire song cycle, Dichterliebe. And there's a new discovery in every piece. So even if you don't understand German, I highly recommend listening to it. You can just Google the translation and have the German right next to the English. Now, as an added bonus, I'd like to play for you another piece in Dichterliebe. It's the one that I spoke about earlier, Ich grolle nicht which basically means, I'm not complaining, I'm not chiding you, but he is chiding her. He's really, really bitter in this song that he lost her. And you could hear the feverish intensity rising and rising as his voice range rises and rises. And at the very end of the song, it's a musical portrayal of yelling. He's really yelling, although he's not really yelling, it's singing. And that's what makes this another fantastic song. So, by the same artist, I'm going to play for you Ich grolle nicht. Ich grolle nicht Und wenn das Herz auch bricht Ewig verlorenes Lieb Ewig verlorenes Lieb Ich grolle nicht Ich grolle nicht Wie du auch strahlst in Diamanten Es fällt kein Strahl in deines Herzens Nacht, das weiß ich längst. Ich grolle nicht, und wenn das Herz auch bricht, ich sah dich ja im Traum und sah die Nacht in deines Herzens Raum und sah die Schlange.
By the end of the song, he's probably gritting his teeth, clenching his fist, and he's red in the face, but he's still saying, I'm not chiding you, I'm not chiding you. you know, he's definitely saying it sarcastically at the end. Well, between episode five and this episode, I hope I sparked your interest in German Leader, if you've never experienced German Leader before. And by the way, you should also listen to Beethoven's songs. They're incredible, too. Hope to see you next time, because one thing about Dr. Music, it just gets better and better. <laughs>